So where the hell do you think you're going? Splitting. Splitting. Mm-hmm. You split what I tell you to split, you all-American son of a bitch. Lovely. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful, and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Well, welcome back. It's uh, it's been a while. Um, we uh, today we're doing the Longest Yard, the 1974 versus the uh, 2005 film. The original, which was directed by Robert Aldrich, uh, stars Burt Reynolds and Eddie Albert. It's about um, Paul Paul Wrecking crew as they call him it's paul reckon crew right yeah that's great yeah okay uh burr reynolds plays paul reckon crew who is a uh, former nfl player uh he goes to jail where the uh warden there plans to use him to uh help him win a a title in in jail and while the ever important prison league uh football for the uh I, I guess whatever activities the guards participate in. I, I didn't know prison guards had that much free time to have like basically their own little Super Bowl amongst other oh, prisons. Clearly, it's only uh, where it takes place. Um, but yeah, they while while Paul is there, he um, decides that he will you know gather a bunch of inmates and they will play inmates versus the guards. So in the 2005 remake starring Adam Sandler as uh, Paul Crew, and this is just an aside, Peter. I didn't know this until about yesterday when I was reading up on these two films for any sort of trivia and notes. This mm-hmm. was actually the second remake. There right. was a, another one. I had no idea. Um, I believe it was a British film uh, that was uh, using soccer, uh, as us Americans, dumb Americans call it, uh, in place. And it was called Mean Machine, which is the name of the uh, the, the prisoners team here. Right. But in this version, and people were probably already complaining that we're doing the Adam Sandler version for this podcast, but I apologize. Uh, it is football season here in America, so we're we're going to keep it sort of thematic there. Adam Sandler, as uh, unbelievable as it is, plays a former uh, pro quarterback uh, uh not, not only that but uh some sort of sex icon uh, as well which i never really considered adam sandler as a former underwear model but he is doing his best burt reynolds here as paul crew we get uh, some bigger names at least for me in this version you have chris rock uh, is playing the caretaker the the man that can get you anything very much like morgan freeman's red from shawshank and uh, you even have Burt Reynolds coming back as the prisoner's coach. Um, you have Academy Award nominee Nelly uh, plays the uh, the running back uh, in this version. And then uh, even former uh, NFL star Michael Irvin uh, plays Deacon Moss. So I don't, I don't know if we really want to go too much further than that because this is pretty much – uh, an Adam Sandler, Chris Rock joint for, for most of the film. Uh, and then you have some very unfunny Terry Crews, uh, McDonald's jokes kind of splashed in. Uh, what was uh, Nelly nominated for? Uh, I, I believe it was this film, uh, Peter, The Longest Yard. No, I, I'm just being facetious there. I don't okay. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> now, did you, did you know there was an Egyptian version of this movie? See, I, I'm already more interested in that than I was in the Adam Sandler version. Yeah, uh, I think I, in if if I remember correctly, even that one was uh based on the um you know, the national football, you know, uh soccer, you know, as I again the dumb Americans call it. But yeah, the, I, I saw that and, and I was like, I'm surprised Mike didn't know you know, didn't choose one of these other ones. So now, as I said, we were a little bit late on this one. We wanted to have this episode out for the start of the uh, NFL season, 
uh, here in the in the states. But yeah, as far as films go, uh, I don't know if listeners have been paying too close attention to our little introduction here, but there's not a lot of deviation in plot or story. It's just pretty much in tone. This is going to be very reminiscent of our. Uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, there's going to be some subtle changes, and a lot of them have to do with the difference in humor between Burt Reynolds and Adam Sandler. So, Peter, I think we should start there, just with the, the casting of uh, of Paul Crew there, our, our our main character in each film. Okay. Um, see, in Burt Reynolds, we, in the very beginning, we, we see him, uh, you know, in this very... Um, you know, big home. It's got a lot of things. I, I believe he's living with his girlfriend at the time. Uh, in the in in the nineteen seventy four version, it I, I guess they kind of depict him as a um a, a, abusive. You know, there, there, there's that scene. He uh, you know grabs his girlfriend by by the neck and like puts her up against the the door and you know throws her onto the ground. I I I thought they were gonna play that up a little bit more but it was only in that scene that we actually see him you know kind of uh you know uh acting you know uh violently uh, in a, a domestic way i guess and i i don't know i i don't want to say there's something i like about the burt reynolds version but I, there's some reason that i do like him a little bit more but maybe the um the Adam Sandler's uh, portrayal he was just a little bit more Adam Sandler yeah he does not become uh, the character which i think this was early on in Burt Reynolds career 74 so this is before uh, smoking the bandit and he became like the huge star that he was in the 70s but he's playing um to me he's playing like a real guy a real character like you you mentioned the physical abuse of his girlfriend uh who is nagging him and uh, basically saying that she she has put him up like you know it's it's her finances which is the same in the the Sandler version with Courtney Cox but the difference i think in that scene is that yeah when you have like a, a domestic violence sort of issue it's not really being played for laughs it's it's showing you this guy is uh on the last rung that he he just does not care about anything that he's not likable and he doesn't like himself the the Sandler version, he locks her in a closet like a prank, like a right. kid would do. And then, right. you know, in both versions, they end up stealing uh, th- this woman's car and taking it for a joyride uh, and demolishing it. But as you said, Adam Sandler is still Adam Sandler. Like, it, not once do we ever think of him as uh, Paul Crew. It's just like, oh, like, you know, what adventure will Adam Sandler get into this time? And when will Rob Schneider show up? Whereas right. I think in the Burt Reynolds version, even though now it's hard to see it that way because he's, he's been Burt Reynolds for as long as you and I have lived, um, he, he's actually doing some acting here. He, he's playing a character. And I totally agree with you. Adam Sandler is not. He's just playing himself. Yeah. The, um, I thought I thought yeah it was very interesting to see now how did you watch these movies uh, in what order I, I went with the um, the original first and did them back to back which as I've told our listeners before I don't necessarily advise uh, for pure enjoyment reasons it does help me keep up with some of the subtle differences as far as how they handle uh, similar scenes but I had seen the uh, the 2005 Sandler version in theaters when it released. And I had never seen Burt Reynolds version, unfortunately. So at least with the 74 version, this was a first time watch for me. Whereas with the Sandler one, I was revisiting it after about 10 years. Yeah, it sounds about right. I, uh, I didn't watch the 2005 version in the theater, but I'm certain that I, you know, rented it on, you know, blockbuster at blockbuster when it came out. Uh, for this viewing, I watched the original first, back to back as as you did, and I watched the remake after. And then after a few days, uh, I went back and I rewatched both of them again. But except for, uh, I watched the the first half of both movies. You know, just up until they actually got down to um, playing uh, football. That that's when I stopped it, just to kind of. You know, there's actually a pretty big difference uh, in the movies where the 1974, I feel they uh, did uh, a better job with uh, Paul Crew, you know, um, 
building this this relationship with uh, the character of uh, Granny Granville, uh, played by uh, Harry Caesar. The um, which I, I guess in the 2005 version, his counterpart is actually played by Nellie uh, Earl Meggett. So in the 2005 version, Nellie doesn't really come around until the scene where Adam Sandler goes to um, to the to the black inmates. You know, and um, looking to recruit some of them, and then you know Nellie volunteers. The 1974 version, you get this this scene, and it's not it's not short at all. It, it, it's they're out, um, you know, digging dirt or something. You know, kind of like a chain gang right, right. thing going on. And then so you see that uh, Paul is building this relationship with Granny, and you know you 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 buy it later on. It uh, it, it is earned. Where Paul goes to this group of black guys and says, "Hey, you know, I'm looking for some help," and then Granny volunteers. Like you get that because they had the scene where they worked together. Yeah, the way they try to handle that in the 2005 version is Adam Sandler plays basketball with Michael Irvin, right, and stands up to his uh, physical abuse in the game, never calling a foul, no matter how many cheap shots or elbows to the face he gets. And I guess earning the respect of that particular group of inmates. And I agree with you that it's, it's a shortcut that yet again, it's all about tone. They're, they're trying to make the Sandler one, uh, always going for an easy joke. And even though they're trying to build a relationship there, we're still getting to see Adam Sandler fall down get hit in the face, you know, there's some of that that to his audience could be played for amusement. I don't think that in the Burt Reynolds version that any of that character building is meant to be amusing in any way. Like there's, there's an incident where, as you said, they're just (laughs) digging up mud or dirt or whatever, whatever they're doing where Burt Reynolds plays a prank on another prisoner and they all have some laughs but as far as his relationship he has with the Harry Caesar character, that's just like two real people who are kind of thrown in a situation together and find that they enjoy each other's company. Like they actually build a bond there, and that's the reason that the black inmates decide to join, whereas the Sandler version, uh, you just get the impression that even if uh, Sandler's Paul crew had not stood up to the abuse – that Nellie's character just wanted to play football. Like, yeah. he goes mm-hmm. against his friends, goes against them, and it's just like, I just want to play. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, I, again, I don't feel like it was earned, especially later on in the movie where uh, Paul Crew, you know, on, on in both movies, d- does decide, you know, that uh, he's going to go against a team. Now, now you feel it a little bit more, you know, with uh, the granny character, you know, feeling betrayed. Whereas, you know, Nelly just wanted to play football. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, whatever, you know? Yeah, I think that's a, a, an excellent point. And they tried to use uh, the the actors' relationships as a shorthand, I think, in the Sandler version. Like, him and Chris Rock obviously have worked together before and have come up through Saturday Night Live and sort of been in the comedic circles since the mid-'90s. Um and I think we're not supposed to look at them as Paul Crew and Caretaker. We're supposed to look at it as Adam Sandler and Chris Rock hanging out. And right. we're, it's almost like if you watch enough movies, you just sort of like, oh, they're friends. But it's not necessarily that they're developing any deep bonds in the film. It's just like we know they're friends in real life, so that kind of carries us through. And I, I don't know about you. I, I don't really know much about the character actors in the uh, the Burt Reynolds version. So to me, I'm just looking at them as individual characters. And maybe that's my own bias because I, I think Chris Rock is usually pretty terrible in, in films. He, he never becomes anything other than Chris Rock. No, I, I completely agree with that. I, I don't know if you watched the show Empire. I have not with uh, uh, Terrence Howard. Yes, and Taraji P. Henson. Uh, Chris Rock uh, recently made a cameo, and this is a bit of spoilers for those that uh, haven't seen it. But um, Chris Rock... Uh, Made a made a cameo uh, in a guest starring role where he plays this uh, this bad guy that had been talked about all of season one. So season two, we get to finally meet this bad guy, and it's Chris Rock. And you're like, you're kidding me. 
<laughs> caretaker from the longest yard. Uh, so he he's still in jail uh, apparently, uh, and I guess he had been working on to get his uh, um, stars up. Uh, apparently, he was only half a star in longest yard, and now he was working to get two stars <laughs> in Empire. So you know, watching this, that was all uh, what Twitter and 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 Facebook was saying. Just why is Chris Rock in Empire playing this role? It just, I don't get it. He is not intimidating whatsoever. And that, that's one of the things that I kind of got from this movie that it didn't feel like a bunch of inmates, the 2005 version, I'm sorry. It didn't feel like a bunch of inmates. It felt like a, a, a bunch of misfits. You, you know, it, sh- shave off about 10 years and you got, you know, um, any 90s movie you know with a bunch of kids playing football you know, that that that's all I got none of these guys were menacing and though they are are you know kind of the guys that we're supposed to be rooting for and we're supposed to be against the guards cuz they're racist and all these things i just i i just felt the 2005 version was just poorly executed um i i just i'm surprised you, you know where i where i think that I'm trying to remember which movie we reviewed, but I was very surprised how the original was and why it was not as popular. Maybe, maybe the uh, Heartbreak Kid? What, this? Right, with uh, Charles Grodin months. Yeah, right. And I'm just like, well, th- this came out in 74, and how I don't understand why this um, doesn't play on TV a little bit more, you know, where I'm like, oh, okay, this is that, the original version of the, the remake. You know, something like that. It just feels like it's like forgotten cinema, you know, uh, where think- like... I think you bring up something interesting there in that, uh, you know, with both the Heartbreak Kid and Longest Yard, the originals, that style of comedy, I I don't think people, you know, today, if they saw it on TV, would initially know that they're watching a comedy. Because both of them get into pretty harsh territory. Like, you brought up the fact that the opening scene, he chokeslams his girlfriend. And this is the hero of the film. This is the guy we're, we're going to follow around. Right. Um, I think that's a little bit hard to accept. I think that another point you brought up is how both films handle race relations. And unfortunately in this particular time period in America, it's like really bad. I right. don't feel like it, we've really made much progress and, uh, especially since the seventies, the but, uh, it's used like we have, uh, and I, I'm sure all the wrestling fans, if we have any that happily uh, listen to this show, Stone Cold. Okay, I just I thought of his name there. Uh, he is he plays I would say the most racist guard or the one who uses the N word the most. But it's kind of how we deal with race now. Like in the '70s version, it's just sort of the way of life. Like there's right. a line where. Uh, the Burt Reynolds version of Paul Crew when he's in, on the chain gang is basically being taunted by the guard saying, like, what's it feel like to, to work like a black man or just do, like, the black man's work or something? And that's where that bond develops um, with Granville. Like, like but it, it's like that. that's about as far as it goes. Like, it just develops naturally. Here we just have random, giant, bald-headed white guy just dropping the N-word. And... It's a way for us as the audience to be like, well, he's the bad guy, like because he uses the N word. Whereas it feels like in the '70s version that the way race is dealt with is just more matter of fact. It's just like this is just how the world is, and I think that you know we as a country we have a problem even like really talking about race or issues because we want to believe that we sort of handled it, and clearly we haven't. So when you have Stone Cold Steve Austin just yelling the N word at you, it makes it too easy to be like. That's the bad guy. That's the you know the, the guy who says n word over and over, and I, I found I found it really obnoxious and also sort of unnecessary that that's the driving force between um, what Michael Irvin and Terry Crews their, their characters of Deacon and uh, Eddie decide to join forces with Adam Sandler is because mm-hmm. a, a guard drops the n word repeatedly to one of their friends. I mean, maybe that that's a good enough reason, you know, for most of the audience. But I would rather see there actually be a bond between the two sides, the two different inmates, be it white and black, than just saying, "Hey, Stone Cold's uh, a prick. Let's play football." You know. So after watching the original, I'm like, uh, I was very surprised by 
how similar a lot of the scenes played out um, down to a T, especially that library scene. I was just very surprised. The, 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 the biggest difference where when uh, upon rewatching the, the remake during that library scene with the, the end bombs, you, you, uh, let me see, what, what is that book? Oh, so Nelly offers this, oh, you know, maybe you should read this book and it's a book of Malcolm X. I'm like, Really? Was that really needed? You know, again, going for like a joke, basically. Yeah. The version. Yeah. And so it's just you, in in my opinion, I did really feel that they were playing up the um, bad Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, whereas, like you said, it's in the in the original that they're all that way. That's just a way of life. Right. That they're all races. And it didn't help. I guess they were all wearing like, um, you know the the guards. They were wearing uniforms with like the Texas flag on it. No shade on Texas. I mean, I was born in Texas, but that's um, that state has been in the news a little bit more, you know, uh, as of late. So, well, I it's just a way of saying we've handled racism because look, there's the racist. That that person's racist, but there's racism is no longer exists anywhere else except for those those people that use the N word excessively. And have a shaved, you know, white head or something. That's uh, I, I, I really, I found it kind of insulting, honestly, by the uh, the 2005 version how they handle it. And and I don't even think that you'd call it handle it. Like you said, that they're just okay. We're just going to have him say the n word, and that's it. He's racist. Mm-hmm. But 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 that's it. You don't see them interacting with like really the black inmates. I mean, they're, they're all tra- treated the same way. So it was just uh, you know using the N word to make one man racist, and it's a product of how we you know view uh, art now. What 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 would be allowed to be re- you know released by a studio? And you know, we brought up the fact that they quickly you know soften the Paul Crew character, which to me is a huge issue because it's this is a story and it's pretty much the same story. But if you soften the character, you don't allow him to have that redemption that you have in the Burt Reynolds version. Like, we, we see him abusing a woman and really not caring at all about his life. He's completely self-hating, self-loathing. He just hates himself. I, I never get that with the Sandler version. And I, I also feel like, you know, what what is this guy even doing, like, in in, in prison, really? Like, that's... The Burt Reynolds version of the character seems like he's punishing himself for what he's done. Like he can't live with sort of the shame. And I don't know if you got that at all from Sandler. Like, no, I, I, I don't like Adam Sandler. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I like I think two that, of his movies. I, I think it's you know using you know when if you're going to touch upon race relations and you want to touch upon guilt and some pretty serious subject matters. That's there's a misconception that oh this is a comedy so we can't really deal with anything too seriously without having Terry Crews pull a cheeseburger out of his pants or have Adam Sandler give uh, an f- official wet willy like oh right just really like sort of lowbrow like kitty kind of humor and it also brings up one thing that really bothered me when I watched this in theaters and, you know, I said before I'd never seen the original. So, uh, I was really interested to see how I would pick apart the original based on some of my complaints from that first viewing of the 2005 version. The main one was the death of caretaker. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this with, uh, some friends who, you know, they enjoyed it, but I, I could not get over how silly and borderline funny I found Chris Rock's death in the 2005 version because, and as you said, the scenes are pretty much beat by beat similar in both these versions. So when I watched the the original for this podcast, I did not find it funny at all. Like I, I found it sad and I did not want to see caretaker and I'm questioning myself like why do i really have such a different reaction to the same event in both films and i think it's because the 2005 version with adam sandler and his happy mass and crew never allows the film to get too dark or to get too downbeat and so when they keep some of those very dark uh, plot points like caretaker's death it feels so out of place like it just i I can't believe i'm watching chris rock 
burned to death in a movie that has had characters make fun of, uh, you know, homosexual relationships. You have uh, gay prisoners and cheerleaders and just, you know, basically having, you know, really ridiculous or SNL type stereotypes. And then we're we're really going to have this sequence where you're asking the audience to mourn a character's death. Like we're going to get serious for a moment. Like I, it, it would be as if, you know, it's something like, um, uh, I'm trying to think like dumb and dumber. Like, do you remember when they have characters die and that movie, like they, uh, the gas yeah. man, the gas man, right. That is never, they never ask the audience to take that as like a dramatic moment, like that, that a man has died. And it's because the tone is consistent. And I, I find that the Sandler version, they really tried to keep some of those similar story beats, but they, they're not, as you said earlier, they're not earned at all. Whereas in the 74 version, that was a serious moment. And there were many other serious moments in that film. Yeah, I... I I I think just because like James Hampton who plays the original caretaker I I just liked his uh portrayal much better and to be honest I don't really know the the actor from anything else other than um Michael J Fox's dad in Teen Wolf and I don't know if that had anything to do with it but you know it's just caretaker wasn't uh portrayed uh as silly as a, as a, as a comic relief you know and so you're right when something serious happens to Chris Rock, you just, you know, it, it's not earned, and you know, it, I, I didn't find it sad. I'm like, okay, let's let's move it along. You know, fi- finally, you know, one one bad character down. Let's who else can we get rid of? Um, the that very scene, the biggest difference there, which was uh, very interesting to me, because in the 1974 version, you have Unger, uh, you know, sneak into Paul Cruz, um cell and he uh, i guess injects some kind of flammable uh liquids into the the light bulb which i thought was very interesting i have never you know seen that in any other movie and then in the uh, 2005 version somehow he um you know wires paul cruise uh, radio into exploding they, they give the little nod to the light bulb like you know you went that far just use the light bulb again like Okay, so how, how did Unger get time to wire this radio, you know, to to make it explode? Because he already had a hard time, like even just sneaking into to the room. And well, it feels like a lot of things in updated versions they try to go bigger. Yeah, and yeah, it's like uh, I found. I, I guess there's just a grounded realism in the '74 version to where uh, the light bulb. Uh, starting this fire in this small, you know, cell space. I, I also was like, yeah, I found fascinating. I'm like, oh wow, I never really considered something like that, or that that you know that could cause someone's death. Or it's a very simple like trick. I mean, it's, it's like they're they can't get too extravagant because you're like you're in prison. Where are you getting these materials? Like, how did you you know build a bomb and someone's like you know radio or whatever? And uh, I, I think that. That goes to also some earlier moments and how the the inmates get information and that they immediately go to a computer. They, like, break in and find all these files that the warden keeps uh, on the prisoners. They find out, like, the, the guards, like, you know, what sort of uh, steroids they're taking. And, uh, of course, you know, and they, they end up giving one of the the guards estrogen so that he will not be able to perform uh in i guess you know his typical masculine way on the on the field he'll he'll be very emotional and high strung and all that stuff i i i found to be i i guess since it's a 2005 version obviously they have access to computers but uh to me it started to get silly early on like with that where it's like they're basically doing like this like oceans 11 recall and i (laughs) i really just didn't like it like especially as i've said to our listeners i don't expect me to watch these back to back right but man i just like it it was a a drag it was just a slog to get through the 2005 one because i found myself really enjoying the just the low-key nature of the 74 version yeah i i completely agree with that i wish that the 2005 version had taken the tone of the 74 version rather than you know um making this a a Billy, wait, what, what's the name of his, uh, 
Happy Madison. Happy Madison. That's right. Yeah. It just, you know, if it was um, a different director, maybe even the same director. I don't know. I think Adam Sandler just had too much of a hand in it, you know, for being such a, a, you know, a big sports fan as well. And, you know, I I did kind of like the the cameo of uh, Dan Patrick. You know, as one one of the cops, which uh, again, watching the seventy four version, I'm like, wow, they they actually have this very similar scene where you know he gets arrested by the two cops, and you know the the original the the cop has you know large ears, you know he's short. Uh, does he have large? Or am I mistaking them now? I know there's there's large ears in the Sandler version. It's the Sandler version, okay. Making jokes about it. Okay, I'm mixing them up now, but um. Yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with both versions, but I did find it more interesting that you did find, um, you know, the uh, Burt Reynolds version. You know, he's sitting in a bar drinking, mm-hmm. you know, whereas the Adam Sandler, you know, they just pull him over in the middle of the street for, for racing. So, but and, you know, back to what you were saying uh, earlier about, you know, this being before uh, Smoking the Bandits. I know what that is, but I've never seen. Uh, is there more than one? Movie, I believe there's two. I've never okay. seen them either. But. Okay, yeah, I, I, um, I thought that maybe this, you know, the the whole chase scene and and all that with Burt Reynolds driving. I thought that was maybe a nod to uh, Smoking the Bandit. So I didn't, I didn't know which came first. So it, this was a thing for him. Sounds like. Yeah, Smoking the Bandit was uh, seventy seven. So yeah, okay. this is, uh, yeah, he he was the year the Blazers won the championship. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Shout Thank out you. to all the uh, <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers fans out there that are listening. Which I mean, you you're a Portland resident, so maybe we have some. Hopefully, yeah. I think there's at least um, two, including me, so that listen to this. Okay, well, there's a VIP listener out there then. Special. There we go. You, yeah, we'll actually keep it on sports because you brought up Dan Patrick, and that's another note I have of something I hated about the 2005 version. <laughs> is And it's not Dan Patrick because he's just playing a cop, and that, yeah. that's fine. It's the fact that we actually bring in ESPN to cover this match between prison inmates and guards at this prison in, is it Arizona or New Mexico? I can't remember. New Mexico? Oh gosh, you know, I actually thought that it was like a some kind of school nearby. So I missed that. But <laughs> okay, so the in the original version, the the whole reason for this this game, this match between the the inmates and the guards is you know it, it's a tune up for the guards because for whatever right. reason, even though I, I even made fun of the original for the fact that this warden would be so invested. And his prison guards football team, I guess, amongst other you know prisons. But I did like the characterization better of the warden there because it is ridiculous. Like it is a man who, yeah, you know, he controls a very small piece of the world. His prison, he is king. He is the dictator. And as the film progresses, he goes from being sort of a caricature of someone like with his silly, ridiculous, like sort of football dreams among his prison team to someone very menacing. Like he, he has this monologue where he walks in and is like, you know, the reason I can walk through this place and like, don't have to worry. is like, you know, cause I have the power, like, you know, they won't like, raise a hand to me. Mm-hmm. The James Cromwell version in 2005 immediately says like, I run this prison so well that there are people that want me to run for governor, which I found kind of curious. I don't know how often that happens in, today's politics that prison wardens end up you know moving up to governor and uh, state politics and get into maybe a presidential race or anything like that but if we're to believe that why in the world would he want this game very violent game between some violent individuals who are incarcerated for their violence against his racist guards to be nationally televised on ESPN, like what sort of political move would you think, Oh, nothing can go wrong here. There's nothing but a positive outcome for me. Like I, (laughs) I found the, the ask the buy-in to the 2005 version to be a bit too much when they decided to bring in Chris Berman and uh, Jim Rome to like, you know, comment on the game like that. 
I mean, it would never happen. And I guess we're just uh, supposed to be in, you know, Happy Madison fantasy right. world. But right. to my earlier criticism, if you're going to be in Happy Madison fantasy world, you can't have Chris Rock burn to death and then expect us to grieve. Like, you've pretty much got to keep it ridiculous the entire time. So did, did you have any sort of issue with the, uh, I guess, the ESPN coverage uh, of, of the actual game itself and the new version? Um. Not not as much as you, but I mean, cr- clearly it worked for James Cromwell. I mean, he goes on to become president, right? I mean, he was GW in uh, <laughs> in the movie W, right? So uh, I it, like it, how it, you're, you're keeping every movie like in continuity together. Like you know, we got Smoking the Bandit and the, right. know, the, the car scene. So yeah, no, actually, I, I concede. Excellent point. Yeah. So um, my my issue uh, really was with the. Uh, 2005 version you, you know the one thing that i felt that um they kind of added it, it, it's a very small ad that um really worked was you know the, the scene where sandler throws the football uh you know at the referee's nuts mm-hmm. you know and i i really like that so i was actually looking for that upon watching the 74 version and i, I was very surprised that it didn't happen because of course the, the ref would side with the guards right because the guards in that universe, in you know, in theory, are the good guys because the convicts are supposed to be bad. So, um, I, you know, kudos to the remake just for that. But I feel that's the only thing they kind of took and did their own, really. Even with the the, the death of uh, caretaker, it's just like, well, you that that's that little change there didn't work for me. I mean, again, it's just like, okay, where did Unger get all all of these? Because I feel in the 74 version, um, Unger, the, the character of Unger there, you get early on that, that he is a, a snitch. You know, you, you already kind of know where, you know, um, where this 2005 version, it feels like it kind of slowly unfolds that, okay, this guy is not to be trusted. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of um, referencing the, you know, the scene where they're in line for lunch in 1974 while they're out w- working in the swamp, you know, and just the way that uh, the, uh, let me see, I want to give him credit here, Charles Tyner, you know, I wonder if he's related to uh, Thomas Tyner, Oregon Ducks. Anyway, he, uh, you know, he, he he's just, the the way he talks to Burt Reynolds, you know, you kind of get it like this guy's sleazy. Okay, th- this guy's not to be trusted. So you you find out early on, and I don't. Know, but back to your ESPN thing, I I just felt like yeah, for it to be televised and all these all these things, I I just I I didn't un- understand that. Um, maybe maybe can can you explain it to me why you think maybe they thought that might be a good idea to incorporate that? Is it just a I reason think, to bring in Jim Rome? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know Sandler has had an association, a friendship uh, with Dan Patrick, where he's appeared in uh, I think a few of his films. I, I know mm-hmm. he was in uh, Just Go with it, the Jennifer Aniston uh, rom com. Right. But I think it's also that we're so used uh, to hearing the ESPN style or those commentators like cover a game that I think it's hard for general audiences to watch any sort of sports or sporting action without having immediate, here's what's happening, you dummy. Like, you know, here's the yardage, here's the downs. Uh, Just based on how I'm calling the game and the inflection, I'm going to let you know like what's happening. And I found it to be, I guess, just sort of as I I mean, I don't want to just keep calling the 74 version old fashioned because obviously it's older, but it just it actually felt like you were just watching a local game. Like, you know, the the way it was sort of commented on was not with any of this sort of stupid ESPN humor or sort of theatrics. It's just like, here's the game. And. Also, in the footage, the way it's filmed, I found the 74 version to look like, you know, those people were really playing football. Right. And the Sandler version, I've already made fun of the fact that Adam Sandler looks nothing like a professional quarterback. Like, it's, you have a scene with him, you mentioned James Cromwell, you know, is is going on to be a future president. When he initially walks in and uh, is going toe-to-toe with the warden when he's being asked to put together his team. James Cromwell towers over this man. Like, I mean, it just it just shows, like, how small Sandler is. And, you know, Burt Reynolds, he actually played uh, football, college football. 
uh, for I believe Florida State. Like I mean, it was you know no joke. And I was reading up that most of the uh, participants in the '74 version were actually former professional or college football players. And it looks it looks like you were watching people play. And I also don't want to make it seem like they're playing like you know the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots or anything. Like they right. they look like guys who are somewhat in shape but not pros that they're amateurs at this game playing. And I, I found that to be uh, refreshing as opposed to the 2005 version where clearly they don't know what they're doing, but they try to cut it in a way to make it seem like they're, you know, constantly doing top 10 highlight plays, which just, you know, if you, Peter, as a sports fan, if you were watching your Blazers, there's not constantly like action moments in a basketball game where people are like, you know, dunking on each other nonstop and, uh, hitting like ridiculous shots and yeah, I, I don't know I feel like that's modern films when they try to approach sports they try to go to these like ridiculous plays early just to keep like the uh the audience engaged and it it, actually, it just loses my interest right I mean you got that scene you know in the um in the courtyard you know where they're playing basketball you you, you get some of that you know like the the dunk with Michael Irvin and I'm just <laughs> like okay you know but um the, the the football in the 2005 version, you know, the, there's a lot of wire foo in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it takes me out, you know. And what you're saying about how you got ESPN kind of commentating throughout the game, we don't need that. It's football. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the, it's a, an American pastime, you know, up there with baseball. So I, it just, you know, while you were talking about that and kind of just talking about the ESPN and I, it kind of... I thought about it, and it kind of reminds me of Major League, you, you know, where you have the, the, the commentator talking the, the, the whole time and just explaining everything to you. And it's, I don't know, I, I think to a certain point it can be distracting. We, we don't, is that necessary? Do we need to know what yards and, and all these things? I mean, I, I don't think that the, uh, the, the football was executed well in 2005. And I'm talking about the gameplay, like, when it came down to it, and then Sandler has to come back in and score the touchdown and win by one point, I didn't. I didn't care. You, you know, it just. I, I didn't feel that it was really good. Maybe because we had to be spoon fed exactly what was going on play by play. Whereas in the uh, 1974 version, as things happen, you, you you're kind of kind of on the edge. You just see it a little bit, like you know, are, are they going to win? And how's this going to go down? There's no wire food. The, the football looks real. You know, and, and also, you know, the way that crew is portrayed, as we've said, a much sort of darker version, a, a self-hating version. I, you don't really know the way Burt Reynolds plays it. Uh, if he's going to uh, just sit there and just sort of if, if the film, the film legitimately could have ended with him throwing the game and history repeating itself. And you know when Adam Sandler is cast that there's there's no darkness there there's there's no gray that he's you know and even the way he plays it he's just like you know looking at Cromwell in the stands and he's you know it's just like it's just like ooh I can't believe you did that like you know I'm gonna get you that sort of like he just immediately goes into mugging mode and I felt like the way Reynolds played it it is more resigned and so if I had not seen unfortunately seeing the 2005 version first i would have in watching the 74 wondered like oh i don't know maybe maybe this is the ending maybe he just mm. you know maybe he just he he doesn't grow as a character but uh i also you know back to the football it always kills me in sports movies where they use trick plays every other play right and it's like you know I, I watched, you know, I play, unfortunately, this year, a number of fantasy football leagues, and I believe I have a losing record in all but one of them. So I, I watch a lot of football. You, you do not see flea flickers, you know, just routinely in games. And that, that to me, that stuff, like, as a fan uh, of, of the sport, kills me because it's, in the, in the film, it should be monumental that you're, they're using this trick play. But when they've already used like three different trick plays in one game, you know, uh huh, that's that's what they do. They do ridiculous bullshit. That's that's their play calling style. That's their their coaching method. And uh, I, I found the the play execution, the original, to just be, um, I don't know, just more honest. Hey, we're just gonna, you know, we have athletes on the field, and they're just either gonna make a play or they're not. 
Uh, one of my biggest issues with the the 2005 version is the recruiting of the um, these these special players, you know, that are uh, more hardened criminals and and all these things. It's it's like you go to uh, Adam Sandler goes to all these guys and nobody wants to play for him except for right at that very same moment. How convenient. Does the guard say something stupid, you know, to to the inmate where he's like, okay, you know what, now I will play for you. You know, the, the 1974 version, you, you already get the sense that these guys has already been mistreated mm-hmm. because all they need to hear is we're playing against the guards. Oh, I'm in. They didn't need that one more thing, like uh, turning off their, uh, I don't know if one of the pl- prisoners is like, you know, crazed killer was watching The View or something. I can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they they didn't need that the view to be taken from them to be like it's time to play football and yet again it is you know it's Sandler going for stupid jokes um, which I don't know uh, you said you really hate Adam Sandler did you find any of his particular style of comedy uh, here uh, effective not in this one no I I, I don't th- I I did not like him in this movie. Um... Just as much as I didn't like uh, Chris Tucker, I I wouldn't say I hate Adam Sandler. I mean, I I I'm trying to remember what's the last movie I actually uh, gave um, gave a, a fair watch, but I think Jack and Jill might have been the last Sandler movie, yeah. and that ruined it. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, Pacino, what's going on here? Like, you you really found Jill attractive? You got to be kidding me. You know, Pacino probably I, just had a beach house he was interested in. Just you got to pay the mortgage. Yeah, I just uh, about had it. I, I think the the last one I actually kind of enjoyed was uh, just go with it. And I think you know it's just because I got married in Hawaii, so that was kind of nice. You know, them going to Hawaii, and because I, I didn't like um, it was it was Nicole Kidman, right? Wasn't wasn't that her in there? Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, like and a then uh, Dave Matthews woman for Jennifer Aniston. Right. So there were some scenes that I thought was funny in there, but that that was probably the the last one that I I did kind of enjoy. So I I, I haven't watched Pixels. I haven't watched uh, what came out before Pixels. Wasn't Jack and Jill, was it? Grown Ups 2, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, see, I haven't seen Grown Ups 2. I kind of gave up at at this point. Um, I think I need need something. I don't know if I need like a Punch Drunk Love or, or... you know, Spanglish or anything like that. I just need something different from Adam Sandler, you know, to kind of get back on board with this guy. I mean, I don't know, maybe a sports movie that's not funny, you know, if, if you want to <laughs> do that because it, it, it's, it's done with. I mean, you know, Waterboy and, and then this. Um, I think it's time to see something different with the guy. But um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he's uh, now he's he's escaped to Netflix. So I think he's going to keep his sort of brand of humor, but they're just not going to be uh, coming to theaters. They're just going to be coming straight to Netflix. So he's he's on his way down. Um, well, it's, uh, is there anything else in particular you want to talk about with the two before we get to our questions? Not really. You know, there's there's just a lot of similarities. And I was just um, – another comparing scenes, another – Another paralleling parallel scene, but the, the the nose break, you know, it just watching the original, I go, oh wow, they they really just, it's almost the exact same way, but just the way it was handled in in the uh, two thousand five again, like Chris Rock is just like, uh, I, I forget the the dumb remark he makes. It, it's just it made the scene worse for me. I'm just like, well, you know, it was it was kind of silly in the seventy four version, but. The 2005 version, I, I I don't think they made it racist or anything like that. I just think they just killed the joke, and it just wasn't funny for me. And it, it seemed that's what this movie seems to be. To be honest, like it's just, it's just a big joke. You know, it's not even a parody. Uh, it's the big joke that your friend makes, and you just wish they hadn't because it makes the it makes the uh, next uh, situation or that encounter awkward. You're like I wish they hadn't said that because I don't really want to laugh at that, but. Now it just sort of hangs in the air, and I, I totally agree with you, Chris Rock. For someone who's such a great stand-up comedian, he makes a lot of cheesy jokes in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, what do you think about the Cloris Leachman uh, role? You know, where 
Yeah, I, you know, in my mind, I felt that she was uh, playing the exact same character from the 74 version, you know, just, uh, you know, the age, because mm. she, she even holds on to that accent, right, from Miss... Uh... Yeah, I think it's, you know, so in that particular situation, it's the warden's uh, secretary, I guess. Yes. Um, and... Now, it's funny because in the original version, Burt Reynolds actually makes some very Adam Sandler-ish jokes about her hair. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> the beehive. Yeah. But, you know, just because it's Burt Reynolds and the way he can deliver a line, the way he looks and carries himself, yeah, he's kind of making dumb jokes. But we know as an audience he's making dumb jokes uh, flirting with her. That's That's really – he's not trying to be funny. He's just trying to – uh, get her attention because you know he is in prison and you know he's he's used to uh, a former you know glorious professional quarterback lifestyle of having women not only in the opening scene throw themselves at him but he's dismissive of sex then and now he's in prison so the first woman he sees he does come on to her by replacing this young woman even though they keep the ridiculous hairstyle with Cloris Leachman I, I like your point that maybe it's the same person you know, just in a different prison or the same prison with just different warden, different inmates. Clearly, we're not meant to believe that there's, you know, Adam Sandler would ever flirt with her. So they they re- they reverse it and have her just, like, come on to him relentlessly. Right. But the issue I have with that is <laughs> I really just want the film, and they're not going to do it because, you know, Adam Sandler's the star, but I, I just wish the filmmakers wouldn't try to you know pull the wool over our eyes in a, a really terrible fashion we we all know adam sandler is not attractive adam sandler is is ugly that's i mean there's no other way to to really put it in the he's a movie star because he did comedic performances he was never like a leading man that was meant to get the girl you know in wedding singer he gets by on his charm it's not because he's brad pitt right I I think that the new version tries to have its cake and eat it too. They try to keep, as I said, some of those story beats, Caretaker's Death. They keep this um, possible sexual relationship with the secretary. But because it's Adam Sandler, it's got to be a really old woman. It's got to be like a sort of a dumb joke. And then when it's revealed, like, if they had sex or not, they, of course, didn't. Like... If you're, if you're going to try to make that joke, I think you need to go all, all out with it and right. basically have him have sex with that old lady. Like that's don't don't back down from it just because you, you wanted to make the joke that's like, isn't it funny that this woman is so much older than him and is so sexually attracted to him? That's that's to me that that's that's the gag. And I'd actually forgotten that they didn't. And so when it's revealed that he just like poses for her in his underwear, which is. As I said earlier, ridiculous. Adam Sandler would never be like an underwear model. No one wants to see him naked. Right. Uh, I I much prefer that, you know, the original Burt Reynolds, like, you know, he, he basically prostitutes himself. It's not really played for a joke. It's just played for, yeah, I kind of need this woman to, to help me. And uh, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll have sex with her. Yeah, why not? I, I, I don't know. I just, I found, even though that's not played as a joke, I find that more funny in some respects than the Sandler version. Yeah, the you know Sandler. I think in every movie he always references his like egg shaped head, mm-hmm. at least the, the the comedic ones. But I feel like maybe uh, in the two thousand five version, it was more like uh, okay, you, you know, you want to see Sandler kind of make a fool of himself. Okay, no, it doesn't happen. But we're gonna bring in little Turturro, come in, and you know we're, we're gonna see him and Tracy Morgan go at it. You know, so I, I think maybe that's why that scene was the way yes. it was. Sandler has always got to be the guy that's putting someone else down. And because he's not attractive, he's not that smart, and he's not that funny, the people that he puts down in his films are like the most obnoxious, the most absurd, hideous creatures. They're like <laughs> Gollum, like up here right. on screen. And so you've got little Torturo and this, like, you know, just a really unfunny gay sex joke. And they all get to, like, literally on screen point and laugh like the characters point their fingers and laugh at someone else. And I, I, I think the, the Burt Reynolds thing, you know, that's, that's by virtue of having Burt Reynolds, you know, you had a guy that posed for Playgirl. Like he, he was very much like a sexual icon in the seventies. And so I did not know that about him. 
Well, you know, you have some Googling to do, Peter. So oh, clearly you, you knew about this. <laughs> well, you, you can't. It's dark here because we're recording so early, but you can't see the poster on my wall of the. Uh, the oh, settings. is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. It lo- lo- looks like Turd Ferguson from back here, but it's actually. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't see uh, all the, the glorious chest hair and everything. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we've, we've somewhat gotten off, off track here, but I, I, I'm, I like it, though, because I just wanted to bring up the, uh, the obvious attraction we all have to Burt Reynolds in his prime. And do not yeah. for Adam Sandler. So that's not one of our questions because that one's easily answered. I do fear that our normal three questions are going to be kind of a cakewalk based on how we've talked about it uh, up to this point. These two versions, but we're gonna we're gonna stick with the format here. And uh, Peter, I'll, I'll start with the first one. Does the remake do justice to the original? Uh, not just no, but hell no. Um, <laughs> I, this the, this comparison was uh, so bad, and uh, you know, after watching the two and you know, reading up on it a little bit, I was a little upset that yeah, uh, finding out that there's a movie called uh, Mean Machine that takes the same concept, and you know, I wish I had done that. I could I could have used a little Vinnie Jones, yeah, you know, in, in in this movie. Um, so no. Second question is. Um... And I, I'm just going to say, I, I, you know, I didn't answer that question, but everything Peter said. So, yes, hell no. Um, right. Second question. If you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful and thus remade? Absolutely. I mean, they, they copy so many scenes. You know, um, you, you you said it earlier, down to the T, you know. And um, I I was very... Yeah, I guess I can say I'm upset that they... Uh, completely changed the the scene where you know sandler is trying to gain respect from the, the black guys just from uh you know taking the hits and, and things of that nature i it just you know i i think they really missed the point you know of of that scene in the original so yeah i would say that they they missed the point of the entire character arc of mm-hmm. paul crew uh i would i would say no that on you know, I, as I said, I watched this theatrically in 2005 when it came out and uh, did not make an effort to see the original, even though I knew, you know, in some respects it was like a sports movie classic. And it was m- my distaste for the Sandler version, which is, you know, it's unfounded because obviously Adam Sandler is not going to be in the 74 version. Right. But even with that, um, my bad experience with the newer version, it's an it's an awesome hook. As you said, the, and they don't really, they they try to gussy it up, I guess, in a way that, yeah, the the inmates get to hit the guards. They're given free reign to play football and enact revenge for that for that small amount of time on that field during that game. They are equals to the guards. They can physically, mm-hmm. you know, get back at them. That's that's an awesome hook. I, I can easily see why it would be remade, and I could see it. You know, being done, you know, twenty years from now too, uh, with an updated version, just because it's a, it's a great simple pitch for mm-hmm. a sports movie, and uh, yeah, sure. So I, I totally understand why it's you know been remade here and was remade in two presumably better versions with the uh, the English and the uh, did you say it was it Egyptian version? Yeah, Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually kind of interested in finding finding that as well. Um, Maybe we should uh, do like a part two of this where we uh, do Mean Machine and the Egyptian version. <laughs> I actually would like that. It would be our first uh, remake of one of our episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I would be cool with that. Um, and if, you, uh, if you're interested, you know, I have no idea how many listeners we have out there. Uh, we'll just go ahead and do this for our final question. Uh, let us know if we should do a remake of this episode with Mean Machine and what was the Egyptian version called? Do you I don't know. It was just you know they're uh, the characters of the uh, the Egyptian writing. I couldn't read it. I, wow. I tried doing the whole Google Translate the page, and um, it even made it Look like right to left or something. Like it changed the orientation and everything. Peter, and you're so, going to work on this podcast. You're, you're okay, good. So uh, let us know uh, on Twitter at Original Remake, and also you can email us is Original Remake Podcast or Pod. Pod. I think it's pod. <laughs> <laughs> I only bring up our email because every time uh, we don't really know what it is. But uh, we did use it to sign up for Twitter. So you can email us at Original Remake Pod and uh, find all of our episodes at followingfilms.com along with 
Peter Show Hydrate Level Four, which you can mm-hmm. fa- also find on Twitter at HLF Podcast. You can also find my show War Machine versus War Horse on Following Films and at War Machine Horse on Twitter. At any of those accounts, let us know if we should remake this episode. But now the you know the moment of truth, Peter. Last question: Which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Oh, clearly, clearly the remake. <laughs> no, no, go back and watch the original. Um, it's 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 fun. It it holds up, you know, even though it's a dated movie. It's forty years old, forty one, forty one years old, and I I still really enjoyed it. The characters are much more fleshed out. You know, it. Um, I I just think it's a much better movie overall. It's a uh, yeah. I just the two thousand five. I I know some a lot of people like it. You know, and I, I don't know if it's the star power that they bring to it, but watch the original. It's, it's definitely worth the watch. Well, as I've said often uh, on my other podcast uh, and on Twitter, uh, a lot of people are morons. So that's, that's <laughs> usually what I settle on when I find people making poor choices in life. And, yes, I agree. Uh, this is a clean sweep. It would be very very much a poor choice to choose the 2005 version over the 74. Uh, but you know, now I'm really hoping we get some feedback to do, you know, another version of this. Cause I, I'm really interested in seeing, uh, the two alternate remakes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think I knew about mean machine, uh, like, you know, uh, back at blockbuster when that was still around, I think I did see the cover box and just, you know, didn't think anything of it. I think had I known that it was based on, the uh, at least took the idea from the original longest yard maybe i would have checked it out let us know if we should uh, check it out and uh we'll we'll get on that because uh you know peter and i obviously have an interest he's he's pulling up google translate he's learning <laughs> uh you know egyptian uh, right. letters um but if we don't i believe our next episode will be for the walk and it won't be exactly an original remake premise uh there because it the walk is based on a true story which was documented and man on wire so uh, we're going to be deviating just slightly and we're just going to be seeing how they both approach the same exact story one in a uh an actual you know fictional film based on true story and one that's the documented version i think they both at least um uh kind of follow the book right isn't there a, a, a book I, you know, you obviously are the more educated one here because you are learning different languages and you're aware of yeah. this book. I'm not aware of it. I, I have seen the movie and I'm looking forward to the walk. But yeah, if there's a book, um, I'll, I'll let you handle that. Uh, well, you, you're the reader. You know, I, I'm just learning hieroglyphics over here. <laughs> I ho- hopefully that's not racist. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um all right, so yeah, check that out. That's that's what we have coming up, and uh, you can follow us at all the the places I mentioned. And uh, until next time, um, I guess we'll be learning Egyptian. Right. All right. Well, while walking a tightrope. God, you, you're just increasing the degree of difficulty there, Peter. You want to hear a country song? <laughs> <laughs> have settled down They seem to be more into laid-back songs <laughs> Nobody wants to get drunk and get loud <laughs> Everybody just wants to go back home I myself have seen
Oh, <laughs> 